0: i'm rob thomas with club and resort business and welcome to another episode of club and resort talks this episode of club and resort talks is sponsored by two hemispheres their sweet spot lies in pro shop fitting studio amenity design and fabrication elevating the member experience to provide added value and drive membership growth is their mission learn more at twohemi.com uh now that we've got that out of the way let me introduce you to phil karen our senior editor phil how's it going
1: I'm doing well, Rob. Doing well on this nice uh, summer day. Yeah, literally, we, we're at summer. Thank you, right? Yeah. Summer
0: solstice is right in our rear view, and uh, and we're plugging away. What's What have you seen in the news
1: of late? we got a lot of stuff going on. We have had a lot of stuff going on. I've noticed that. Um, one thing I've noticed is, again, courses, um, new courses getting ready to open, or an old course that was shuttered is coming back. Some kind of themes again with that. I saw St. John's Resort in Plymouth, Michigan, which is near Detroit. They're going to open a new championship course in uh, spring of next year. That's, um, it, it, according to the story we had, the, that's actually South, that region, southeastern Michigan's first high-end public golf development of its kind in more than a tw- two decades, also part of a $50 million resort transformation that started in 2021 uh, under the new ownership, which is uh, Pulte Family Charitable Foundation. They're going to have a new course. The new course is going to be called the Cardinal. and It's going to have an 18-hole championship golf course. Interesting one here, a seven-hole par three course, and then a two-acre putting course, which again is becoming a more and more popular thing, the putting course.
0: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And uh, the fact that it's Southeast Michigan, that's awfully close to us. We can get up there and uh, see what the property looks like hopefully soon. You being a uh, Michigan native... I'm sure yes. you're excited about it as well when you get back home, huh?
1: Oh, absolutely. I was about to mention that too. That's probably that's about ah that's about probably about half hour from where I grew up. So another great course for that area. There's a lot of a lot of good golf up there, though I can tell you as well in that region. And it's nice to see that uh, opening up uh, up there. Also, moving a little more south. Uh, speaking of courses that once operated and are being revived, there's a course near. Leesburg, Virginia, that's going to reopen next year after being closed since 2006. That's hard to believe. Um, Resort Development Partners, they entered an agreement with the Beacon Hill Community Association to revive the course. The course was originally called Golf Club of Virginia. Uh, it opened back, I guess, in 2001. I guess it wasn't open for very long, but it's going to reopen again next year in 2024 as the Preserve at Beacon Hill. Uh, Resort Development Partners is going to convert, I guess it was once a 27-hole course. They're converting it to an 18-hole course, championship course. Uh, They're going to add a nine-hole family course in a later phase. Uh, Also construct a new clubhouse with uh, dining and golf game improvement center. looks like a great project. It's a golf course being resurrected, if you will. And That story made me uh, recall that National Golf Foundation had put out a press release a couple months ago talking about golf course supply. And one of the topics they talked about was golf courses being resurrected. They actually kind of admitted they don't really necessarily track that super specifically, but by their estimation since 2006, speaking of that year, since 2006, more than 250 golf courses have been resurrected, which I know is not a huge number in the scheme of things, but I have to admit it is probably higher than I would have guessed because I feel like that's you know, a golf course is such a large endeavor that I wouldn't expect one that had been closed for multiple years, decade, if you will, to be revived like that. And it's interesting to see that happening. And great to see that for the folks in uh, Virginia,
0: yeah, Shocking to think that after almost twenty years, it hadn't mm-hmm. become a Walmart or a, an Amazon shipping yeah. center or or a neighborhood. Who knows I mean, a lot goes on in eighteen. 18- years or whatever that would have yeah.
1: been. But, um, years. yeah, you
0: know, heck fantastic. Good news that, you know, the more golf courses, the better.
1: Absolutely. It's interesting. I was thinking about that here near my house. There is, uh, there are two courses that have closed in the past. Oh gosh, decade, 12 years or so, two courses, one, probably just a mile from me, the other five or six miles. Uh, one of those, that second one I mentioned has become a, a whole, uh, commercial development with uh, some big box stores if you will so that one's not coming back the other one we'll cross our fingers perhaps could one day come back um, but probably not very likely unfortunately I think there's some tentative plans for that property too. Yeah so well, you know I mean
0: neighborhoods popping up constantly right I mean it's big money all that land prime mm-hmm. real estate you can't yep. you can't fault people for uh, for selling it for development but at the same time It's a shame. It increases uh, traffic. Some of the schools get overloaded. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons you don't want a new neighborhood uh, popping up around your neighborhood. But, um, you know, there's also good reasons to have it, I suppose, tax base and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, being golfers, I'm sure we'd much rather see a golf course out
1: there. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention, too, was that I recently had a chance to... uh, attend a PGA HOPE clinic that happened at Windmill Lakes Golf Club in Ravenna, Ohio, which is actually the home golf course for the Kent State University golf team. Uh, the clinic is uh, PGA HOPE. HOPE stands for Helping Our Patriots Everywhere. And PGA HOPE is a program that is provides golf instruction to military veterans. Uh, free of charge. And this clinic I attended at Windmill Lakes, uh, hosted by Dan Dock, he's the PGA professional out there, uh, and his team of instructors, they work with veterans for six-week period there from May until mid-June. I attended the one, the clinic that happened the first part of June here. It was a nice uh, day out there. It was a perfect day for it. About 15 or 16 veterans were there. Interesting, and what's great about it, too, is that you don't, you don't have to have any golf background at all whatsoever. And there were, there were absolute beginners out there. There were average players out there. And, and Dan even told me, actually, he shared with me, there was actually a gentleman who was a six handicap out there too. So pretty high level golfer as well. Um, great program. They did instruction out in the driving range. The day I went, they also then did a um, five hole uh, scramble. That's kind of all they had time for had a nice uh, cookout afterward, but it's a great program. They've, this, this, actually was the fir- this is actually the first year they hosted it, um, Windmill Lakes Golf Club. Uh, they are definitely planning to do it next year, looking forward to do it again. It was a great program, a great, uh, a great way to use golf, if you will, in this case, to help our veterans out.
0: Hey, shout out to uh, Windmill Lakes, uh, home of mm-hmm. the Golden Flashes, Corey yes. Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and Open champion uh, Ben Curtis. A lot yes. of great golfers come out of Kent State, so um, for to good on uh, Woodmill Lakes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention too. Speaking of that, uh, Herb Page is still involved out there with Windmill Lakes, and was I did not have a chance to speak. He was not out there the day I visited, but Dan Doc told me that Herb had, Mr. Page had been there uh, for a clinic a couple weeks before that, and is obviously fully supportive of the program. Uh, Mr. Page, of course, long time Kent State golf coach out there so he- legend
0: legend i tried out for the kent state team way back when got oh, did to beat, you? Uh, coach page and uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately a couple of rounds in the low 70s wasn't quite good enough to to make mm. that squad i mean those guys are awfully good they're you know they're all plus handicappers and i was maybe a scratch at the time so uh mm-hmm. good on her page hey speaking of good on um there's also a uh, a club anthem country club out in the um nevada we just did a story on them Saving nearly 60 million gallons of uh, water annually with their uh, maintenance practices, replacing turf uh, with artificial turf, uh, getting rid of useless turf, uh, all kinds of practices to, to limit the, the water um, being put on the golf course. And um, I mean, fantastic news, especially out there where water is not plentiful. Right. Um, you know, they're struggling. This year is better than most because of the winter we had out west, but uh, good on Anthem Country Club. I love seeing and reporting on the good news out there.
1: Absolutely. And of course, we we don't necessarily, although it's interesting, in Great Lakes country, we don't usually face the water shortage issues much, although we recently went through uh, a relatively long drought period for us, about three weeks or so, which is pretty unusual here. But yeah, I agree with you. That's a great, um, great thing for them out there. It's pr- fair to say that's Water conservation is a big issue now and will continue to be for, well, many industries, but in our case, of course, with the country club, with industry, with golf courses, uh, it'll be an ongoing challenge. But I think the the good thing is like with a story like that, it's an opportunity for the clubs, other clubs around the country to perhaps learn from what Anthem's doing, uh, maybe even adopt some of those practices, particularly the courses out West like that uh, would benefit from it for sure.
0: Well, you know, I mean, operating a golf course is is no easy task, right. and um, on that topic, we had a uh, another story um, about a course in in Jackson, Michigan, another Michigan course that had uh, some anti Biden, uh, MAGA, pro Trump uh, graffiti. I guess burned chemically burned into the turf. Uh, you know, gosh, it's 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 tough enough out there maintaining a golf course and then you got these uh the hooligans out you know burning burning stuff into the turf and i don't care where your political leanings are uh nobody wants to see courses damaged i'm sure you ask uh president trump and he would tell you don't you know don't do something stupid like that right i mean it's for him it was in his favor but uh being a golfer i'm sure he understands the uh the plight of the superintendent and uh, i feel really bad for um the the golf course i think it was uh ellis sharp park um you know just a just a a muni out there not not a big budget
1: right So now they're
0: dealing with i mean ten thousand dollars worth of damage i don't know if that turf's ever going to come back they had a bunch of kids out there playing the next day and there were some some curse words burned into the turf i think it started with an f uh it's a big one right uh we don't want kids seeing that and having to read that certainly not putting through it but um boy you know just this kind of burns me up to to see that happen.
1: It does because well and we, we were just talking a moment ago about the challenges that golf course superintendents face as far as weather environmental challenges mother nature and things that are beyond their control well it, yeah it's a shame to see that it really is actually unfortunately reading that story brought back a memory of my home course that I played in in Michigan uh, the par three course I grew up at the country club got vandalized a couple times in, in similar fashion. In fact, there was one time there was some uh, actually it wasn't words. It was unfortunately some drawings that were not uh, appropriate, not family friendly either. were also put there. I shouldn't laugh because it definitely was super challenging stuff for, again, that's a, that course I grew up on also did not have a big budget. So yeah. to have to face that challenge on top of doing the ongoing routine maintenance, and work that you do on a course every day presents a, an added headache for superintendents, for sure.
0: Safe to say it wasn't the Karen kids out there uh, burning stuff into the turf.
1: Yes. Very safe to say that might've even been at the time. My dad was on the uh, was on the club board. That really would not have looked good to have his son out there doing that. I was not No, there. no.
0: Dr. Karen would have been, would have been <laughs> roundly sounded right out of the golf course. huh?
1: That's right. Yeah. Hey,
0: um, on a lighter note, uh, our guest today on the podcast is um, Vicky Burris, director of membership at uh, Water Sound Club. They got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, she's going to talk to us about um, about what they've done. They've they've had a, a surge in membership uh, down there, down in the Panhandle. Uh, a lot of people have moved down there since COVID. Um uh, mm-hmm. and they went from small club to a, a growing, growing club and how they're addressing that. We're talking about new restaurants, a new inn. You know, they had the Water Sound Inn down there. Now there's a Camp Creek Inn. Um uh, there'll be a new golf course, a new DL3 golf course coming online, I think in 2025. Um, so that's that's a lot of stuff happening at Water Sound Club. And Vicky's gonna talk to us about um how they're handling it and uh some of the challenges they face, but also, you know. Why they're meeting these needs, you know, um, and I look forward to talking to Vicky, uh, sharing a lot of good insight.
1: Sounds great. All
0: right, let's get to it, Phil. Hello, I'm Rob Thomas with Club and Resort Business, and welcome to the Club and Resort Talks. And we got Vicky Burris, uh, Director of Membership at the Watersound Club in the Florida Panhandle. Welcome to the show, Vicky.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Great to have you. Hey. Uh, you you guys have experienced a lot of growth, literally and figuratively, uh, in yes. recent years. Let's get to the figures first. Membership. Membership yes. up, up, up. It's a, it's a great problem to have. Um, it
2: is a great challenge to have.
0: Yes. So, so what spurred the membership growth, and uh, how have you kind of addressed that, the challenges that come with it, and so forth?
2: Certainly. What's well, interesting, because I would never discount some of the heartbreak that went along with COVID. It was an icky time for our country, for all over the world, but it created this interesting dynamic on the panhandle and it clubs around the nation. Um, It it was almost that divine interception of, slow down everyone, remember what is important in life, family, friends, let's take away all of the, the complications in everyday life. We were forced to slow down. And with 2020, you know, we, we noticed that there were prospective members and members who had their hearts set on retirement in this area and they said, what are we waiting on? The time is right now. I'm no longer tethered to a computer or a skyscraper. I can can be where I want to be, and I can log in. I can do the work I need to do. Maybe I can go ahead and retire, and so this area down on the panhandle, you know, just immediately just exploded. Everybody moved down here, and along with that, they wanted to find a home club somewhere where they can play golf. They can get out in the sunshine and just spend that quality time with family. So it's been really interesting to see that growth and it has not slowed a bit, Rob.
0: Have you um, I mean, had any hiccups? I don't want to like you know focus on the negative, but uh, with with so much increased membership and really a short period of time, that can present some uh, some issues with uh, current members. Or um, really making room for all these new people, which uh, you love to have. You love to have right. in the community, but um, it's, it's not without its uh, challenges. How have you faced those?
2: Yeah, so we have had a lot of growth. You know, before three years ago, it was a smaller size club. Um, you have members who just came in and did their thing, and they're like, wait a second, where are all these people coming from? I, w- I want that 830 tea time. Yeah. So we had certainly modified some of our policies. The great thing is, Rob, is that with the added dues line, we can do even more incredible things. You know, in the past few years, we have been under construction, an amazing amazing amenity center, and that takes dollars. And I think members really understand when you have that candid conversation with yes there are a couple more folks on the t-sheet with you today but because of this look at these amazing amenities we can create so we have certainly taken a look at some of our policies we have modified our guest policies for the the high season the majors if you will memorial day july 4th labor day rather than having this incredibly generous you know guest policy Rather than bringing six, you can bring four. And our members have appreciated that. You know, they know and understand that maybe it's a little bit of a change from what we had in the past, but it does help maintain that service level on the big holidays. So they get it. You know, they, they see it. And they also realize, you know, that they were at one point, that new member who just joined this club family and they want to, you know, to add that camaraderie in their lives. And they've met many new friends. You know, it's been a neat blend to see those who have been around since the very beginning and those who have joined our club family later in the day.
0: You mentioned uh, the tee sheet and the golf course. Well, not golf course, the golf courses. What can be in, right? The uh, shark's tooth. And now you've got uh, Davis Love the uh, third kind of walking around property. What's going on there?
2: Indeed. So we are really excited about that. You know, we anticipated that growth and hoped that it would stay. And so Davis Love the Third was brought in to say, it, it's time. We're going to need that third course. And I will tell you, Rob, the fun thing about it, and I cannot take credit for this, but we have had Shark's Tooth, which is an 18-hole course. We've had Camp Creek. And then we thought, hmm, what are we going to name that third course? Wow. The designer Davis loved the third, the third course. So it is actually called the third and our members have kind of gotten a little kick out of that. And they're thrilled to know that, yes, the T sheet might be a little bit active right now, but I know in a couple of years I'll have 18 more holes to play.
0: That, that is a brilliant name. I saw it on the, on the website. Uh, and I thought at first that's kind of odd. It must be like, Oh, then you split two and two or or three together,
2: three and together. Come up
0: with that. It was fantastic.
2: Yes, I'm glad. And again, I can't take credit for that, but I think it's pretty witty. We think we're funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. You also have a, a terrific performance center as well, right? So so golfers are well taken care of at Waterstown Club.
2: Yes, absolutely. So we have one of the most patient director of instruction in the industry. And the fun thing is we, we love golf. We love to get out there, but there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you you kind of hit a plateau in your game. So Ben Blaylock is there for you just to come in and even our high level golfers, just to tweak a little bit, you know, to have that new club that's fitted, especially for you, you know, Ben's passion combined with TrackMan technology really helps everybody enjoy their game a little more. And it's fun to get the spouses involved as well, get your children in there to see if that is their area of passion. So it's really been a great addition to the club.
0: Hey, I would love to reach a plateau. I'm kind of in a valley right now, unfortunately.
2: (laughs) I gotta get
0: back up the other <laughs> side.
2: I that, Rob. Come on down. <laughs> well, I'll
0: tell you what. Uh, if I do come down, there are places to stay. Right? Nice transition there. Yeah. Um, the Camp Creek Inn, the Water Sound Inn. There's a there's a, a a new place to stay, correct?
2: We do. So part of our amenity expansion over the past couple of years has been the addition of the Camp Creek Inn. Now, right on the campus where we have our 18-hole course, we have the the performance center over there, all the pools, all the good stuff, is this beautiful boutique inn called the Camp Creek Inn. And to many of our members, this is their fifth and sixth bedroom. So during the holidays, when everybody wants to be here, and of course, you never realize how many friends you have until you have a place at the beach. So this gives them that fifth and sixth bedroom. They know that their guests are going to be very well taken care of. And also for those who are are hearing all about the Panhandle, all about Water Sound Club and the things that we're doing, this gives them a great way to come and spend a couple nights, get out on the courses, swim in the pools, eat the tacos, do all the good things, and really immerse themselves into the club lifestyle. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, you're just uh, lobbing up softballs for me, and I'm just gonna keep hitting them out of the park. You got your guests there. They're staying at the Camp Creek Inn, they're staying at the Water Sound Inn, but they gotta have something to eat, right? There's dining options on property, plenty of them, and there's another one coming.
2: Absolutely. So right now with the first section of the amenity expansion, we have Bark and Brine, which is a beautiful smokehouse concept. They smoke the the pork and the chicken and the beef brisket right there. So you might be out there on the driving range, kind of finds its way over to you, which leads everyone over to Bark and Brine. Beautiful area, casual bar atmosphere, have your barbecue sandwich, all that good stuff. So yes, that is open right now. And once the inn opens next month, that will add another two dining venues. So three different choices, depending on what your mood is that day. Um, The bar area in the inn is beautiful phenomenal just a great place to be they'll have some craft beers some tapas style and then the final dining venue will offer an upscale evening experience for our members to enjoy
0: wow um fantastic i, I okay. cannot wait to get down there and visit myself i told okay. you i um used to live and work in alabama so a yes. lot of my friends and uh colleagues would travel down to uh to the Destin area okay uh, Panama Beach and and right in your neck of the woods right Right so I'm coming down to visit and I'm going to stay at one of these facilities beautiful uh inns and eat some of this food the smoking really got my attention
2: good I'm glad
0: (laughs) bless you bless y'all so uh what are your members saying now that not only uh these new additions are in place but they're more coming aboard what are you hearing from your members
2: So they have been thrilled with it, and it's really interesting. I had a a new member join the other day. They moved from a a city type of area, and she said to me, Vicki, I want my children to have dirty feet at the end of the day, and I got a good little laugh about that, but she said, you know, at our house here, we have one television. We spend our lives outside. And one of the best parts about the new amenity expansion is that members can spend the entire day there. They can go and swim laps in the pool in the morning, they can work out, they can head over, play pickleball, take a lesson, tennis, play nine, have some of that barbecue at Bark and Brine, and then lounge by the pool. You know, there's a, a huge water slide for children, which is so much fun. There's a playground, a teen lounge. So literally they can spend the whole day there. Um, Now, of course, they haven't forgotten about our other club locations. We have Water Sound Beach Club, which is right there giving our members that private beach access. Now we're in a tourist area, so lots of people are coming here to visit, but this gives our members and their families and guests Their very own space. When they look to the right and they look to the left, they're seeing their fellow members—those that will be in book club with them, and yoga, and on the course. So it's really a very, very nice family, true club atmosphere. So they've just been thrilled with the the new amenities.
0: So the spring breakers aren't necessarily right on their uh, on their property. Sharon Beach. (laughs) Yeah, they're
2: weird, but they're not in our little bubble, Rob.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Hey, so I'll get you out on this. Grab your crystal ball, if you will. Uh, What do you see at Waterstown Club in the next five years, next 10 years? Uh, You're growing, growing, growing. Are you going to continue to grow? Are we going to hit that plateau that I'm hoping for in my golf game? Or are (laughs) we just going to keep on blowing up? What's happening?
2: So the beauty of our company structure is that we have vast land holdings. And truly, the sky is the limit. We have land, to build future golf courses, amenities, and as long as those sweet prospective members are coming our way, we will rise to the challenge to continue building and creating spaces for them to build their memories and be part of the club. So we're just going to ride that wave, Rob, and, and hopefully continue to, to do what we're doing right now, which is super exciting for the club.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the pandemic was, was tough on all, all of us, sure. but it really did provide a boost to the yes. industry that we, uh, we know and love. Absolutely. And, uh, I hope it continues to go up, 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 just like Water we Sound do. Club. How yeah. how can people find you? How can they find not only the uh, the club uh, website information, but contact information? They want to get a hold of you for membership. They want to get a hold of you. Maybe, maybe one of your colleagues wants to get a hold of you and say, what are you guys doing down there? How can you help us? Absolutely.
2: We- well, I'm thrilled to do that. Of course, it's watersoundclub.com. Email address, membership at stjoe, S-T-J-O-E dot com. I'm passionate about the industry. I've been around forever and I'm so happy to always work with my colleagues and brainstorm and, and do all the things. It's certainly a passion of mine and I'm I'm happy to be there for whoever needs me.
0: Well, Vicki, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. And okay. I look forward to uh, meeting you in person and uh, okay. visiting the, the club and seeing everything that's going on.
2: That sounds perfect. Love to have you.